It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based family-owned financial planning firm providing investment and financial planning advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners, CFPs, who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now at 919-860-9783 with your financial planning questions. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA Inc. Investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. And we are the Lewis family, ready to answer your questions tonight. This is Linda Lewis, and thank you for joining us on Money Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. And I'm Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And I'm Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And we're here to answer your questions for the next hour. Well, Doug, Deborah, what is new in the world of retirement planning? Well, we received a question and the writer says, when will I have enough to retire? So here's my answer since that was all the information I had. You will have enough to retire when you know that you have enough saved or accumulated in investment portfolios to produce enough income to cover your future needs. There are two types of investment accounts that are available. Those are retirement investment accounts and personal investment accounts. If the investments inside them were withdrawn from, would they produce enough income for you to cover your predictable living expense needs? Could they cover your unpredictable and discretionary expenses? You need to know how much you'll need to know when you have accumulated enough to retire. This is the job of a certified financial planner, and this is what I do, this is what we do. We help you identify what you have now and what you can accumulate before you retire, and how much income you can expect from those investments when you retire. This is how we help clients answer the question of when they can retire. We can help you identify your goals and the opportunities for accumulating more and the weaknesses in your current plan so that you are able to retire when you want to. For a consultation with Doug or Deborah Lewis, call Lewis Financial Management at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Deborah, is this an example of what being uh, promoted as... Lerps. Lerps. Well, Doug, why don't you take this one? Is this is is this an example of what's being promoted as Lerps? These are these um, life insurance retirement plans, and so if someone is calling in, could they be possibly asking if this is a Lerp? Yeah, all right. We need we need to to get some clarity here. For first of all, a LERP is there's no such thing as a LERP. It's a it's an acronym that's being promoted now by a lot of uh, insurance people and a lot of radio people. Now I've been hearing are talking about LERPs, life insurance retirement plans, life insurance retirement plans. Well, first of all, we have to understand a life insurance policy is not an investment. It's an insurance policy. And these LERPs, as they're called, life insurance retirement plans, are basically where you're buying a whole life policy. You put a a large lump of money at the insurance company. It's your money. 
you, it, you, you can't touch it for a few years because you've got it because it's got a huge commission that's that's paid to the life insurance broker who sold it to you. It's usually as much as fifteen or twenty percent. You got to wait maybe five, six, seven years, and then by then you can start to borrow out some of the cash value of your own life insurance policy. Uh, in my opinion, it is one of the big ripoffs in the uh, in the so-called investment world today. You're putting your money at an insurance company and having the wonderful right to draw to to borrow your money back from yourself, and you're paying all these expenses and everything. And they call it a a life insurance retirement plan. No, it's not a retirement plan. It's it's a life insurance policy, and it's it's being sold because it it, it generates a very very large commission. Now, there's another product, however, sold by insurance agents, and these are annuities, and these also are insurance policies, but here it's a little more tricky. Annuities are also insurance policies, and in simple language, you give a large amount of money to the insurance company, and they give you a monthly check for the rest of your life, and when you die, they keep everything and your spouse gets nothing your children get nothing and they keep it but they say if you like we can give you a smaller check if you want so if you die it will continue until your wife dies or we can give you a smaller check if you want and and they keep smaller and smaller and smaller but the bottom line of the annuity is it goes to the insurance company and you are effectively disinheriting your heirs once you annuitize this Annuity. All of these are made to sound as if there's some wonderful brand new investment vehicle out there. There is no brand new investment vehicle, no more than there was in those bank CDs. These are just uh, new sales pitches that are being promoted and the investing public needs help. Uh, we never had so much of a need for help as we did, as investors do now. Back in 1990, when we first opened up this radio program, Linda, uh, it, it was quite simple. But there's so much false information being promoted across the airwaves uh, and in the media that the, the public needs the help of a certified financial planner who will walk them through all of these uh, scams that are out there. Well, you know, even last week, I would say in the last two weeks, I've probably gotten five invitations to seminars. And basically, they're meetings so that someone can sell an annuity. And yes, people need to make a living, but the facts need to be put out there. These are not investment products. They are insurance products. That's right. Well, and they're playing on the fear that I'm going to outlive my money. So, the, the you know, if, if you're being told, you know, aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid that you're going to outlive your money? Aren't you afraid you're going to outlive your money? Well, yeah, I have that fear, which is why I hired a certified financial planner to alleviate that fear. That would be what our clients would say. They would say, well, I'm not afraid that I'm going to outlive my money because I have a genuine plan. I don't have to be an investment professional. I've hired one. I don't have to be an expert in cash flow planning. I have hired some Someone to help me do that, to analyze my expenses, to know my living expense needs, to know how much I need in insurance. So, yes, if you're looking for just a transference, the risk transfer, I'm afraid I might outlive my money and I don't want to think anything. I don't want to think about it any more than that. 
then then that might be the um, the investment that you choose. And we would say there's a better way to do it. Make an appointment with us. Find out that you can f- hire a financial planner, someone who will walk you through the investment world out there and reassure you that you won't be able to outlive your money if you are in, in proper, have proper advice. Um, that, that's what certified financial planners do. And that's what we do. Have you seen the Lewis Financial Management website? It's easy to get to. DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. Hi, Shati. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. Deborah Lewis, Linda Lewis. How can we help you this evening? Hey, how are you today? Good. Okay. I have a question. I have an old, um, uh, I have a 401k with my old employer as well as a 403p with them. Um, and then I have a 401k with my current employer. I'm just I've just left it alone. I've not done much with it. What would you advise about my old 401k and 403b? All right. Well, let's take a take. A, let's get some facts down, Shati. How old are you? I'm 53. 53. Married or single? Married. I'm sorry. Married. Married. Okay. Uh, in I. What's your family income right now between you and your husband? Uh, it's about 120. About one hundred and twenty thousand, and how much is in the old four hundred one k? I would say about eighty four, eighty five thousand. All right, about eighty five thousand at the old four hundred one k, and what's in the old four hundred three b? There, I think it's about thirty five. About thirty five thousand. Well, I like to think of investments. Uh, if you've heard us before on the air. Uh, most of our listeners know that we talk about investments as chickens because it's an easy illustration and chickens give off eggs and investments can give off income. And then we talk about things like 401ks and 403bs and IRAs. And these are what we call chicken houses because they house your chickens. Right. Uh, the reason they are housing your chickens is because there's a wolf called the IRS that would like to eat your chickens. Right. And as long as your chickens are in a chicken house, they cannot be eaten by the wolf, otherwise known as the Internal Revenue Service. However, these chicken houses differ. A 401k chicken house protects you from the wolf, just as an IRA chicken house protects you from the wolf. However... The owner of the 401k chicken house, otherwise known as the farmer, that's the employer. And the owner of the IRA chicken house, that's you. And my advice is always you should be in control. So you should definitely do a tax-free rollover from your old 401k of $85,000 and also from your old 403B of $35,000. And all of that should be rolled over into a new IRA chicken house with a couple of considerations. You with me so far? Yes, I am. Number one, I will tell you what type of IRA not to get. You want no IRA custodian that offers you any products. Many IRA custodians have their own line of products. Uh So you want the freedom to choose any investments out there that you want. So you don't want a custodian who offers IRAs but limits you to their types of products. Number two, you don't want an insurance company custodian because the same reason they will be promoting their insurance products. 
What you do want is you want an independent custodian that has no product limitations whatsoever except those that are legal and illegal. Right. And then you want a custodian that offers you monthly statements. Many custodians do not. But you want statements that shows what is happening in this IRA every month. And then you should meet with a certified financial planner who is fee-based, such as myself. And then you and I will decide what are the best chickens, what are the best investments to put inside your IRA and and then from there you go forward. That way you always maintain control. Does does that give you the kind of answer you're looking for? Yes. Um, the only thing was I wasn't sure. Like when you say you want to own the IRA, um, you actually you are the I in IRA is individual. Okay. That's what the I stands for. It's an individual retirement account. You set the rules. If you put money in a four hundred one k and you want to get some money out. You have to, very often, you have to go by their rules. You have to apply for permission. It has to be a disability clause. You can, if they've got all kinds of rules. If you have money in an IRA, you can do whatever you want. If you want to take the money out, it's up to you. You'll pay the tax, but there's nobody that you ask permission to. Okay. If you want to go ahead and choose a, uh, a certain kind of a mutual fund in a 401k, you've got to see if it's on the accepted list. If it's an IRA, there is no accepted list. You can... Okay. As long as you can put it in any mutual fund you want, you can put it in real estate investment trust, you can put it in a number of types of investments. So that's why I say the I is the individual. Okay. So, I mean, what, I, uh, what I'm trying to find out is like, what is a good, uh, like, give me, can you give me an example of a, an IRA that I could look at? You want to select a custodian. And I never like to advertise any specific products on the air. Or sponsors, but, yeah. Uh, because that would sound wrong. Right, right. But if you call my office during the week, my office number... 919-872-7000. If you will go ahead and then uh, call and that was Deborah, speak with Deborah or speak with Linda. They'll schedule an appointment for you to meet with me and then I can go through the different custodians that are around the United States and what are the pros and cons of each. You want one that gives you total control. Okay. Does that help you, Shati? Yes, that did. Thank you so much. Oh, you're certainly welcome. Mm -hmm. Thank you for calling, Shati. And by the way, Shati, have you been to our website yet? No, I haven't. We have a a nice website. It's a very creative name. It's called (laughs) DougAndLinda.com. But if you go to to DougAndLinda.com, you'll see our website, and we've got a video and some guy. We've got a lot of stuff on there for you. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you for so much for calling, Shati, and have a wonderful week. You too. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF. Well, Doug, Deborah, what else is new in the world of retirement planning? You know, a question was asked recently. I have a 401k. How should it be invested? Well, this is a common question. You should first get the list of investment options that are available to you. The list will include which investments you can buy. When you put money into these investments, you are hoping that they will increase in value until you want to retire. So you need to know what these investments are and what you can expect. Most people don't feel comfortable doing this on their own, so they need the help of a certified financial planner. This is one of the many things we do at Lewis Financial Management. 
If you are just beginning, you will be picking your first investment. Once you've accumulated a few thousand dollars, you'll need to pick the next investment. You're building a portfolio of investments so that when you retire, you will own assets that can be sold to produce an income to you during retirement. These investments should complement each other so that the entire 401k has the best chance to increase in size. Now, if you have already accumulated a large 401k, let's say 100,000, 500,000 or a million, then you really need to know if you've invested it properly. If you haven't or if you needed to make changes, these can be made without tax consequences. So, is it time for you to see if you need to make changes? Call us during the week to make an appointment to look at your 401k's investments. By making an appointment with us, we can go through your options and advise you on which investments are best for you. You know, I would say through all the years that I've been doing this, and I think I've probably seen well over 10,000 appointments face-to-face in my office, probably the most common question that starts the meeting, we always have the questions listed that they, that they want in the during the meeting, but the first question is usually, are my investments right in my 401k? What do you think about my investments in my 401k? And almost every single time they're wrong. Uh, it's just people, they really need help doing exactly what you said, Deborah. Finding out, are their investments proper in their 401k? Call us at Lewis Financial Management at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Let's get started or let's get a second opinion on what choices you should make in your 401k. Steve, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening? Hello, Doug. I hope you can give me some advice tonight. I listen to your show all the time, and this is the first time I've actually called in. Well, thank you for listening. (laughs) Uh, You're most welcome. I will be 70 and a half. All of my SEF IRA retirement funds are in mutual funds, most of them fairly aggressive, like uh, Fidelity Contra Fund, Fidelity Blue Chip Fund. Mm -hmm. It's about $350,000. All right. My investment advisor has recommended that we take uh, some of those funds out and put them in a less riskier investment, uh, primarily because when I have to take the RMD, um, which is going to be about 3.65% of the value of the fund, if um, my stock portfolio is down, and as you know, uh, mutual funds are pretty much on a seven-year cycle, uh, and about that time, they're supposed to be, if they historically will be on a low cycle, I would need to have my money in a more um, less risky uh, investment, and I'm looking at three. Uh, I'm looking at three different products. All right, it's a single premium deferred annuity that pays three three point oh five percent for six years. All right, or I can do a five year one for two point eight five, or I'm looking at a fixed index annuity with income guarantee Okay, uh, that's called a pivot, P-I-V-I-T, mm-hmm. or I'm looking at a product, uh, I guess it's another uh, fixed index annuity offered by Athene. All right. So let me ask you a couple questions. First of all, Steve, are you married or single? 
I'm divorced. You're divorced. Any children? Yes. Okay. So you will turn 70 and a half December 6th this year? That's the, that's that's when you hit your required minimum distribution date. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, it's the, my understanding I'll have to take um, three point six five percent of the value of the fund uh, of my retirement fund out of something. Yeah, and the way that works, that's called the required minimum distribution. It's not a percent. No, that's not the way it works. The way it works is the value of your entire retirement account or accounts because they bunch them together. Uh, then they take the actuarial life that's still left according to the IRS tables on your life and divide okay. that into that. And that will be the dollar amount that has to come out the first year. Okay. okay. And then every year it gets bigger and bigger unless your investment portfolio gets bigger than the required minimum distribution. Okay. Now let's go for further. Uh, first of all, a couple of things I need to correct, and I don't want to sound ugly to your investment advisor, but if he's telling you that there is a seven-year cycle to mutual funds, I would tell him that's about as predictable as a baby's bottom also. That's nonsense. <laughs> uh, I have um, – I, I never – I, 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 none of the investments that my clients are in, none of our client portfolios ever go through anything like that. Number two, uh, so I scratch out the question of is there a seven-year cycle to watch out for? Number two, the question is, do you want mutual funds that are using, whose managers use technical analysis versus fundamental analysis? Technical analysis is very much numbers-based, and one of your funds actually is exactly a numbers-based fund which uses mathematical formulas. I don't like technical analysis because it's sort of like a type of voodoo that says, well, if numbers do this and numbers do that and two lines cross and one line crosses another, then that's going to be either a buy signal or a sell signal. Um, I really – my experience tells me that's nonsense because I've seen – so many contradictory opinions of different people who use technical analysis. So I don't like technical analysis as a method of choosing my funds. Third, I want fundamental analysis. Fundamental analysis is where the managers of your funds are buying or selling, mainly buying stocks of companies based upon their research of the companies, not where the stock is going to be, but what's the future value of the company? How do we feel? How does the manager feel or his research analyst feel about IBM over the long term? Uh, maybe the next five, six, seven years or whatever, if it's IBM or Coca-Cola or Kentucky Fried, whatever. It, so that's fundamental analysis. That's based on research. And once I have that, I only look for mutual funds whose managers have averaged over 7% a year for the last 10 years. So if I've got something like that as a starting point, then I go to, well, do I really want to go ahead and get rid of mutual funds to get an annuity? So now we have to say, wait a second. If I get rid of mutual funds, I'm telling these managers that I'm betting on that I know more than they know, which I think is a recipe for disaster because 
I don't know more than a take a Warren Buffett. I don't know more than if I've got a mutual fund manager and I know many of them by name. I speak to them. Uh, they're handling in the hundreds of billions of dollars and their research obviously is much stronger than anybody that I know. And so for me to make a move based upon some decision that I think is going to be better than theirs uh, is is also nonsense. Let me ask you two questions, Steve. This is Deborah, Doug's daughter. You said SEP IRA. Are you self-employed? Yes. Okay. About how much is in this SEP IRA? 350000 All right. Does this represent all retirement accounts? Yes. Okay. So at 350000 and if it's all invested in mutual funds now versus having... Well, I've got 100000 in cash. Oh, okay. All right. So if we're looking at this three we we've got 100000 in cash. We've got... What's the remaining two fifty? Is the 100000 that's in cash, is that in the SEP or is that outside of the SEP? It's in a set, but it's not in uh, with the uh, like Fidelity Fund. Okay, right. so you've actually got four hundred and fifty thousand in retirement accounts. Um, no, I think it's less than that. Okay, I thought you said three fifty in one and a hundred. Well, I thought the total. Um, it probably is about four hundred thousand. Okay, all right. So let's go to the question of what about the annuities? First of all, the annuity, in my opinion should never be in a retirement account because it is already a retirement, it's already a tax-deferred uh, holding place, if you will. The The fees, while it is in its growth period, and you said a deferred annuity, so it's been a deferred annuity, that means you're going to have it in a holding account where Whatever the underlying investments, they call them sub-accounts, they're, they're very often they're just mutual funds. But you're paying fees to run the mutual fund. You're paying fees for the insurance company to wrap it. And you've got death benefits that you're paying for people that die along the way. Why not just stay in those mutual funds? Then we come to, well, what about at the time that I annuitize? And you said you can annuitize at 3% or so on. Now, think about that for a moment. The day that happens, you have disinherited your children. So what was that all about? Why do I want to give the money to an insurance company so I can be sure that I get a 3% when I've been using mutual funds that are giving me 7% and I don't have to give up anything. I never transfer. It all belongs as part of my inheritance to my children. So I would not go down that road and the three choices you gave me, they look to me like I think there were four, but they okay. were all annuities. Yeah, so it's, it's really... Well, I had, I had two single premium deferred annuities. One pays 3.05% for right. six years. Right. And one pays 2.85 for five years. Right. Okay. Well, let me ask what... Well, well, the point is that once you annuitize and get that payment, then you've given up your principal. It doesn't belong to you. Here's the other side of that argument is when you have a SEP IRA or any retirement account, the required minimum distribution requirement is simply the minimum amount that you must withdraw and pay taxes on. If this is completely unnecessary income so that your goal is to not to have it come in, to have it have less in other words, if it's taxable income that you're not wanting to pay taxes on, then that's an entirely different goal. Are you going to need this to sub- probably? 
Okay, then that in itself means that you want something that is going to grow and produce income, right. but just grow faster than. To lock yourself in at 3%, 3.5%, that's craziness. Because all of our clients that are in the RMD phase, they generally, they're getting bigger checks every year from the ages of 70.5 to 90 or whatever. Huh. So, uh, And they never give up control. So, I just did some yeah, quick it, math. It, and it what'd just, you come up with, Deborah? Yeah, so even if you just had the 400000 Produce, divided by, let's say, a factor of 25. A factor, Steve, would be like right. the actuarial years left in your life. I lifetime. use 28. What'd you get? I, and I use 16,000 a year, 1333 a month. For the first year. For the first year. Now, what is that? The 16,000? Uh huh. Okay, let's see. I did it backwards. So let's do 1333 times 12. E- Oops. So now you got. Oh, no, you're right. Okay. Yeah, I, I see the 1333. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, $1,333. Plus, let's say Social Security income. If you can cover your expenses with that, then all you have to take is the required minimum distribution. If you want or need more, you can take this and you just pay income taxes on it. The required minimum distribution is not something you need to try and um, accomplish. It's at the very least the amount of income that, you, that you're that you required by law to pay taxes on. Exactly. If you need or want more, take it. Pay income tax on it. That's how you are going to support yourself during. Well, I think with the, my Social Security, which I'm trying to hold off until I'm 70 to start receiving. All right. Um, and the required minimum distributions, I think I'll be fine. Then then what you've just said is you definitely do not want an annuity. You definitely don't. You don't want any annuity. Steve, as a matter of fact, write down my phone number, 919 919- Eight seven two seven thousand. That's nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. When we get off the air, call that call that number, and uh, we will go ahead and schedule an appointment to meet with you and show you how we do it and how we've been doing it all these years, where clients never give up control, get larger distributions throughout their retirement years, and as Deborah says, if you want more money. You take more money, but you're always in control. And the last question that I never even touched on is the annuity costs you a huge amount. They don't tell you generally, but the, the, uh, the insurance the fees. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's well, the commission? Mm-hmm. The commission can be as much as eight or nine percent. So a four hundred—that's a thirty-six thousand dollars commission that you're going to pay, which of course is a nice incentive for someone to be recommending it. I don't think it's proper. I, w- I wanted to ask a question, Steve. This is Linda Lewis. Um, are you still working? Yes. Okay. So, what kind of income are we looking at? My income fluctuates because I'm self-employed. Yes, sir. So, roughly, what are we looking? What's at? What's a high and what's a low? Guess. Well, I would say the high is uh, probably seventy-five thousand. Yes, sir. You talking about adjusted gross income or no gross income? Just gross. Gross receipts. <clears throat> I'd say the high is probably seventy-five right now, and the low is probably going to be thirty. So okay. when you hit your RMD, you hit age 70 and a half, are you just going to stop everything or you think you'll keep making some money just for fun? Probably. That's what happens to most of our self-employed I'm clients. I'm not a golfer and I'm not, uh, I don't play tennis. I like to work. <laughs> and I won't sit, I don't want to sit at home. So I, mean, I, I mean, if I don't, if I don't do my current work, I will do some other kind of work, even if it's nothing more than being a greeter at Walmart. Yes. Well, call us at the office, Steve, and if, if you would... When you get off, you know, the call, write down some of the questions that you have about your situation, because what we want to know is what are your your 
You're, uh... Well, I have a very complicated situation that I have not even touched on that I, I don't want to do over the years. Over the and I was and I was going to say that of the clients that I've seen through the years, almost every one of them has some complications that they don't want to talk about on the air. But that's where we specialize. We specialize in the most complicated, the most uh, the, the most convoluted. We've been through this. Uh, there's probably not much that I haven't seen in the 10,000 or more people that I've met with through the years. So I'd love to dig into it with you in a confidential manner. So what I'm hearing from you is you don't particularly, in my instance, and maybe anybody, everybody else's, you're not a big fan of single premium deferred annuities or fixed index annuities with income guarantee. All right. I'll, I'll go out on the limb and say this. Number one, I'm not in favor of any deferred annuity. Okay. Number two, there is a place for an immediate annuity. We call them very often place of a spendthrift trust. If I've got a client and they've got a child and they're worried about this child uh, uh, being, being, preyed t- upon. being preyed upon by, uh, by uh, disreputable people, then they've only got an income. That's all they've got. It becomes just a, a check for them. Okay. I've only seen two or three in my career where I've actually recommended that because uh, there are usually well, other that's ways. That's exactly my situation. Hmm? Well, you're worried, exactly- about some, you're worried about somebody taking advantage of you? No, I have I have uh, a dependent that will need to be taken care of. Oh, well, as long as you're alive, that's fine. We can. We you don't have to give up control. I'm talking about people put it into their into their uh, estate plans. Okay. That at death, when they're not allowed. Okay, but that's an immediate annuity, not a deferred annuity. Okay. Because the the ripoff to the deferred annuity industry is you're paying. Money management fees to the mutual funds, which you know, which you would pay anyway if you bought those same funds. Then you're paying insurance costs to wrap around that annuity, which you would not those mutual funds. And you've also got death benefits that you've got to build in there. By the time you look at those fees, sometimes they're over three percent. And so I am definitely not in favor of the – and the index annuities have been under high scrutiny by the regulators for the last few years. Very few people that are selling them even understand them well enough to be able to explain them. Well, Fidelity can't explain them. They don't do them. So I had to go to a second source for them. And I'm I'm a little bit confused. I will, this I, is where we dig in on the individual level in our office. This okay. is where we really pull apart the onion, and we're not restricted or limited by what we can say for the for the um, for just the listener who might be listening to our call now. If what we'll, what we'd want to deal with is your specific situation and bring and bring the material and in bring with the them. material with you because what you'll find is you'll walk away with an education and you'll understand what we are seeing in your particular situation. And because you're self employed, you're used to being in control, right? That's So why would you want to lose control of all that money? So anyway, let's um, call our office, Steve, our number in Raleigh. We're in Midtown Raleigh at 919-872-7000. They call it tomorrow morning? Uh, You can call and and leave. Call tonight. Leave your name. Leave leave your name and number and your contact info over the phone. And then tomorrow morning, Deborah will contact you. Okay. Fine enough. All right. Well, have a lovely evening. Thank you very much. And a great week. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Have you seen the Lewis Financial Management website? It's easy to get to. DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. 
You know, Leon, I didn't want to take up too much time with Steve because his specifics are uh, confidential to him. But I can say this openly, that we have had a number of clients that have needed something that will just protect that child from being preyed upon. And then we use a spendthrift trust. We don't use the annuities because using, oh, yeah. using the annuity, you're paying an insurance company a lot of money, which is right. not well, at all necessary. You know, the, the thing I wanted to add to it is, is that the world of annuities is so complicated unnecessarily, usually because often they're, they're sold. They're, they're, they're not bought. You don't seek it out. It's usually suggested as a, a way to fix a problem that uh, someone has told you you have. What you will always walk away with after a conversation with us at Lewis Financial Management is an understanding of what you have been um, presented. Presented. Very good word. Exactly. So at the very least, it often is the way to understand what your options are. Exactly. So what is market timing? Market timing is an investing strategy in which the investor ties tries to identify the best times to be in the market and when to get out relying heavily on forecasts and market analysis. Market timing is often utilized by brokers, financial analysts, and mutual fund portfolio managers to attempt to reap the best rewards for their clients. Pure timing requires the investor to determine when to move 100% in or 100% out of one of the three asset classes, stocks, bonds, and money markets. The riskiest of market timing strategies, pure timing, also calls for nearly 100% accurate forecasting, something nobody can claim. So why do people try? Well, our philosophy is a little bit different because market timing has so much risk. One of the biggest risks of this strategy is potentially missing the market's best performing cycles. This means that an investor, believing the market would go down, removes his investment dollars and places them in more conservative investments. While the money is out of the stocks or out of the stock market, the market instead enjoys its best performing months. The best move for most individual investors especially those striving toward long-term goals, is to purchase investments and hold on to them throughout market cycles. This is commonly known as a buy-and-hold investment strategy. Though many debate the success of market timing versus a buy-and-hold strategy, forecasting the market undoubtedly requires the kind of expertise that portfolio managers use on a daily basis. Individual investors might be best to leave market timing to the experts and focus instead on their personal financial goals. If you're not a professional money manager, your best bet is probably to buy and hold. Though a buy and hold strat through a buy and hold strategy, you take advantage of the power of compounding or the ability of our invested money to make money. Compounding can also help lower risk over time. As your investment grows, the chance of losing the original principal declines. Of course, you can't just leave things untouched. That doesn't mean you ignore your investments. Remember to give your portfolio regular checkups as an investment as your investment needs will change over time. Normally, a young investor will probably begin investing for longer term goals such as marriage, buying a house and even retirement. The majority of their portfolio will be in stock funds as history has shown that they offered the best potential for growth over time even though they have experienced the widest short-term fluctuations. 
This hypothetical investor knows how much time is available, plays an important role when determining asset choice. A portfolio made up of primarily of the riskier stock funds may, may be best for those saving for goals more than five years away. Growth and income funds might be the focus for investors nearing retirement or saving for shorter-term goals. Remember, though, those that are even in retirement should stay in stock mutual funds because they may live another 20 years, which is far beyond their last official paycheck. Clearly, time can be a better ally than timing. The best approach to your portfolio is to arm yourself with all the necessary information and then take your questions to us at Lewis Financial Management to help with your financial plans. Have you seen the Lewis Financial Management website? It's easy to get to, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. David, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? Yeah, I'm interested in uh, charitable remainder trust. We're a two-career couple with no children. Two-career couple. How old are you? Uh, 49 and 46. 49 and 46. Your income and hers? Uh, 150. 100,000 and 50,000. No children. Right. Okay. Now, let me ask you a couple of uh, devil's advocate questions, for example. Sure. What is it that attracts you, and what do you, why do you want a charitable trust? Usually, I'm the one recommending uh, it. I, I would like to leave a significant amount of money to a university in the name of my father. All right. Outstanding. Now, the charitable remainder trust is, in my opinion, and I think Linda would agree with me, the most powerful financial planning tool available today. It can do about four things at once. You have to really walk carefully through the arrangement to make it work right. But the first thing you can do, and the, fir- and the only thing you ought to be careful of, is learn who not to do it with. You want to not make the trustee the charity. You want to be the, char- the trustee yourself. So we want to set up a charitable remainder trust. How, uh, are you thinking of transferring real estate or cash or securities? What were you thinking of putting into this trust? Uh, a combination of things. Uh, uh, a real estate partnership. Uh, Can't do a real estate partnership. What else? Uh, cash. You can do cash. Uh, securities. You can do securities. Uh, and you can do real est- You can do real estate if there's no mortgage on it. Okay, and uh, and. Uh, Life insurance. I uh, can't do life insurance. There are special rules on doing life on on giving life insurance to the charitable trust. That's okay. a tricky one. Right. About how much are you are are you thinking of putting into this charitable trust? About a half million dollars. All right. You can. Here's what you can do. Number one, and you want to work with a financial planner who is experienced in the area of charitable trust. But number one, we want to establish a charitable remainder unit trust, and I would recommend a NIMCRUD. They come in different flavors, if you will. There is the charitable trust called the straight charitable trust. Then there is the net income charitable trust. And then there's the net income with a payout provision or an IOU account. And that's the uh, makeup account, the M of NIMCRUT. So I would use a NIMCRUT. We establish this charitable remainder trust. We make it a NIMCRUT. And we identify you as the trustee. So you're going to transfer from your own name this half million dollars of assets into your name as trustee of this charitable trust. We're going to then identify you and your wife as the income beneficiaries for the remainder of your lives. You now then will be paying yourself income for the rest of your lives so that, and you will control all of the investments in this NIMCRUD. 
The key to establishing it is the payout rate. Since you're young and your income is high, and I presume your expenses are not $150,000. No, not even close. All right. If that's the case, then we want to set the payout rate as low as permissible by law. And the reason is the amount that grows inside this charitable trust will grow into the millions at your age. Not only is it going to give you a tax deduction on your income taxes, then you're building up what's called an IOU account, the makeup account inside this charitable trust, so that let's say 10 years from now, when you're 59, you can start to pull out as much as two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars for yourself and for your wife uh, for retirement income needs as you see fit according to your makeup account. The key is the trustee. The other thing is I would advise you do not make your charitable beneficiary irrevocable. You can change the bear the, 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 the beneficiary as many times as you want during your lifetime. Does that kind of help, David? Yeah, it helps a lot, Ms. Buster. Have you seen the Lewis Financial Management website? It's easy to get to, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. So, Doug, what's new in the world of retirement planning? Okay, well, retirement planning brings us to the need to understand your investment choices. Every investor aspires to achieve superior returns and reduce risk, yes. But can investors pursue both these goals in today's increasingly complex environment? That's a good question. The right decisions can transform long-term investment outcomes and make the difference between success and shortfall. Long-term investing in a retirement plan is a great way to prepare for your future. But how much do you need to invest today to have tomorrow? So these are uh, this is knowing what percentage of your current income you might need when you retire. Yeah, many experts suggest an 80% replacement rate is often sufficient. I don't like that. Yeah. Everyone's needs are different. Ask yourself, what type of, light st- of lifestyle do I hope to enjoy? Yeah, some financial experts suggest saving 10 to 15% of your annual income for retirement. What, what do we say, Doug? Well, we say, number one, look at your retirement plan at work, and if there is a matching amount, invest that up to the matching amount and no more, and then invest all the surplus, as much as you can, in a non-retirement, pay-yourself-first investment portfolio. Right, because up to the match, it'd be throwing money away if you didn't. But after that, think long and hard about putting that... Uh, excess cash flow to better use, which is outside the retirement plan. That's right. So, Doug, what is another benefit? Well, the benefit from diversification is the crucial thing. Varying market conditions can influence which investment types are doing well, which ones are in decline, and that's why diversification may help reduce volatility. Volatility is a fancy word for risk. Investment choices have different risk-reward characteristics. You need to understand how investment types differ, as well as your own risk tolerance. And this can help you identify what's the right mix of investments for you and what objectives of those different investments align with your own goals for growth, for income, and for capital preservation. 
growth funds have the highest long-term return possible, but also the highest degree of risk. So you need to know that. Right. Cash equivalents aim to preserve what you've saved, but may not provide the growth that you're going to need to meet your retirement goals. Then there's other types, such as bonds, and these fall in between and have varying degrees of risk and return. So there's lots to know, Doug. There uh, is. You, you, have to, you have to know a lot to know how to choose in the retirement portfolio, which is the right investment. And then, of course, there are real estate investment trusts. They're the REITs that are not oh, trading. Yeah. They, they have their own categories of, of style and of risk. Once you know your options, then, of course, talking with us at Lewis Financial Management and having an interaction will help us help you discuss your proper investment mix. Of course, our office number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. And that's where we can help you choose the right mix. You should take into account your time horizon. If you are 20 or more years from retirement, you may want to invest in growth and growth and income funds that invest primarily in stocks. As you enter retirement, you may want to make additional portfolio adjustments. Here, working with a certified financial planner is key. Yeah, a lot of plans offer both a mix of active and passive funds, and those are terms that you need to understand. Uh, Passive funds offer returns that follow the performance of various equity market indexes. Funds that are actively managed by investment professionals try to outpace or beat those indexes. Now, Doug, a common view in the media is that investors should place the bulk of their portfolios in passive index funds. I disagree with that totally. And they often cite low fees as one of the benefits. But the key here to know is low fees are not exclusive to passive index funds. That's right. They can happen in active funds. You're always looking to who the manager is. And by, yeah. Yes, select active managers have the potential to deliver higher returns with reduced risk than market indexes over time. And that's their goal. So the key to successful investing for one's retirement years is being able to generate a sustainable income while managing risks. In retirement, investors have to balance two key risks, longevity risk, that's the risk of outliving your money, and market risk, that's the up and down volatility of the investments. A risk-sensitive, research-driven approach with a commitment to containing cost can indeed reward long-term investors. So let us help you make the right investment choices in your employer's retirement plan, in your IRA, in your personal portfolio. This is what we do. 919-872-7000. Let's take another caller, Doug. Well, Charles, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, and how can I help you this Hi, evening? Hi, Mr. Lewis. Uh, how are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. Uh, give me a little uh, advice here, uh, All right. if you can, please, sir. My, my wife and I are thinking about buying a home. Okay. We're uh, 38. I'm 38. She's 37. All no right. children, no debts. No it's, children? No children. No children, no debts. Uh, An adjusted gross income probably of around $100,000. All right. Both of uh, y'all working? Yes, sir. Oh, financial planning for dinks. <laughs> dinks is dual income, no kids. That's us. Okay. Uh, All right. And the, you've got an adjusted gross income of how much? Uh, about uh, 100000 About 100000 the two of you. Uh, 401k plans, stocks, mutual funds, and so forth, uh, insurances, disability, everything. How much do you have in the stocks? Oh. Uh, Approximately. 
stocks and funds, probably 30000 uh, Well, I wanted to separate the stocks from the funds. If you oh, uh, How much do you have in mutual funds? Do you know? Well, probably about, yeah, probably about 15000 in each. All right. 15,000 stocks, 15,000 in mutual funds. What else did you say you had? Uh, and probably about uh, 30,000 in money market, uh, in a money market account. 30,000 in CDs. money market. And CDs. Anything else? Well, we've got, uh, you know, our retirement plans, uh, money purchase plans, uh, uh, insurances and things like that uh, that are that are doing real well. I'm not sure exactly the, the figures that, that all of those accounts might be worth. What are your living expenses running, Charles? Um uh, well, they're they're minimal. Frankly, we 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 rent a home. Uh, we pay six hundred dollars a month rent. And uh, wait a minute, something doesn't make sense to me. If you're earning a hundred thousand dollars and all you've accumulated is thirty thousand dollars in money market and thirty thousand in stocks and securities, you've got you you must be high spenders, not low spenders. No, well, uh, I mean, where's the money going? <laughs> we we have not been earning that more than about uh, two to three years. All right. Uh, because I just uh, finished uh, uh, college. Oh, okay. Uh, my, I finished my doctoral program and okay. just have really begun my profession I about, see. you know, 30, age 33, 34. Okay. All right. So that, uh, I'm a late bloomer, if you will. All right. Well, that, expl- that explains something. Okay. okay. So your living expenses are running about how much? Well, uh, $600 for rent and then uh, whatever uh, utilities and so forth are uh, I probably... Fifteen hundred dollars a month, or something like that. All right, maybe a little more. Yeah, I was uh, going to say uh, that that would be a very attractive number because that would leave you a, a large amount monthly. Well, to put into a, into an investment plan. And in fact, we do. We we end up probably putting three thousand uh, a month into uh, into various uh, into the money market, or either buying more uh, shares of a mutual fund and so Good. forth. Okay. And we had thought perhaps that we might need to buy a relatively expensive home simply to lower our tax liability. Boo. Okay. It's not a tax shelter. A home is a shelter, not a tax shelter. It's a place where you live in. If you want tax shelters, there are good tax shelters out there today. There are oil and gas drilling deals. The limited partnership. All of of those are out there. And you you need to work with a certified financial planner to address the tax reduction need that you're talking about. But don't confuse it with the other need. You should buy the cheapest house that you think you'll be comfortable living in. Well, you're, you're, that's, that's a point well taken. You, you don't build wealth, uh, owning a half million dollar home and, and driving two, uh, two Lexuses or Mercedes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You want to go ahead and look at your new status in life from a future goal, identify the financial independence year. Right, right. You want to come backwards to that? Retire. All right. Uh, All of those numbers, those are numbers that you need to work with a certified financial planner to tell you how much should be set aside monthly to reach that goal. We're we're trying to do just that. And keep the house from hindering your progress. (laughs) Okay. Good advice. And Charles, if I can send you any information, if you'd like, you can call me at the office. Okay. Our number is 8727000. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, and thanks for Thank calling. Thanks for your time. Thanks, right. Charles. That was an excellent call, wasn't it? <laughs> Linda, I, I, I missed the first. How old did Charles say he was again? Well, I can't remember, but uh, was it in his, in his 30s? 30s. What, in, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of Dave and Kathy, and I think they're probably listening to us tonight. And they came to us when they were in their 30s, and now here they are at retirement. They've been planning clients of ours for what 20? 
I want to say 19, 20 years. Well, Dave and Kathy, if you're out there listening, congratulations. You achieved financial independence. You are now retiring and living the lifestyle you want. And I think Charles, he has the potential to be one of those, Lynn. I, I really believe it. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of a refreshing um, sort of caller to hear, um, you know, after finishing his education and living frugally. And beginning to accumulate in various, you know, vehicles. And he's got the discipline. You can yeah, tell. He's yeah, ready. Absolutely. He said he's doing 3000 mm-hmm. a month. That's good. Right. You know, yeah. That he, he has the <laughs> discipline. He will be able to achieve. He just needs some professional advice. And, and classic statements at the end when he said, you don't build wealth by buying a half a million dollar home and driving Two Lexuses. I right. think he must have been. Listen- he must have been listening to Deborah Lewis. <laughs> and that's the truth. I mean, and when it becomes an ex- something exciting, you like looking at your monthly statements. You're really looking at, you know, I've really built this for myself. Mm-hmm. I've really accumulated something. I have something very real that I can say I've built my future on. And it's interesting that uh, you know, even in, even as a person who's already working and has a comfortable income, that there's that he was saying that they are still renting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and making that decision to buy based on, well, I still want to be able to put it in on a very regular basis, a significant amount of my income, so that I can keep on building my financial future. Awesome. You know, the crucial aspect is to have a written plan an investment policy statement that dictates and controls what you're doing. If you have it directed and created with your financial planner, then everything follows, and that's what we have been promoting so long. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com. And listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF.